You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Wisden Club Cricket Podcast in association with Nat West. I'm Yazrana and with me over Zoom, as is becoming the norm, is the editor-in-chief of the Wisden Cricket Monthly magazine, Phil Walker. How's it going, Phil? Yeah, it's going just about manageably, yes, I would say. Uh, stuck here in my, my South London bunker, um, trying to get out every day for a, for a walk and a, and, and a little run around in the evenings, but yeah, just trying to... Do the best I can to say this side of, of sane, really. Um, and, yeah, working as hard as I can and doing as much cricket work as possible. Um, w- when in times of crisis, that's what we tend to do. We just do more work, just keep doing more work and hope that we sort of stagger out the other side, really. And work has been been my salvation. I don't know about yours. That's how it's felt for me. Last week, we talked about the precarious position many clubs are in at the moment. This time, we're going to focus on how the potential of not having a cricket season at all might affect individuals. Very simplistically, if there's no cricket this year, then people will be doing a lot less of something that they enjoy doing, which is not a good thing. Um, so mm-hmm. on a personal level, how are you taking the prospect of a cricket this summer? Um, genuinely, uh, I, I think the weather exacerbates things as well. I mean, it's, it's a savage irony that the weather is probably better preparing cricket than, than, than we've ever known, certainly in my time, uh, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm struggling with it yet, but I find my mind wandering to what, what could be and what should be quite a lot. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're recording this on a, on a Friday morning. It's the first part of the, the Easter weekend. And it would have been my club's pre-season dinner tonight. I would have been there interviewing Graham Gooch. And two weeks on from then would be our first pre-season friendlies Uh and it's become very real now, that sense of loss. Um, and it will only become more acute, I think, over the next the next few weeks and, and inevitably the next few months, I think. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. And, and this thing that I cherish, but maybe from a playing perspective, I sometimes take for granted and I 
just like every other club cricketer in the land, you know, I, I retire every two weeks after another failure and this, that and the other. Uh, I, I, I miss the, the centrality of it to my life, I think. And, and the, the kind of the, the sort of fragile sense of meaning that it, that it, that it affords me, you know. So, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm hanging in there a little bit um, and just desperate. I have two cricket bats in the corner of, of my room that are looking at me at the moment. They've both been knocked in. I've, I've re-gripped them both. They're both ready to go, but there's there's nowhere that they're allowed to be taken just yet. So we just have to wait and hope and pray that this this horror show begins to dissipate before too long. Are you a prolific shadow batter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I, I rarely I rarely play a false shot when I'm shadow batting. I I also but, but I play play the full range. So um, I, I'm a very good avoider of bouncers. When, when I'm shadow batting as well, and and I've worn a few as well, you know, because the, the standard that I that I play at shadow batting is is pretty high high end stuff. So, but yeah, I, I was playing a few straight drives this morning, you know, and and just getting the groove on. Um, it's gonna it's only gonna get worse this, but then it's only gonna be all the more beautiful when finally, and it will happen, folks. We do get back out there on the park. Yeah, very very quickly on shadow batting. My favourite shadow batting shot is actually when you get beaten by one that, that rears off a length yeah. and you nice. kind of last minute, your wrist go towards the ball. You look behind you, you go, Poof, look at the bowler. That's, yeah. that's probably yeah. the fun. Lovely. It's, it's, it's not about the ones that come out the middle, is it? When you're shadow batting, it's about surviving. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's also got to be realistic as well. Indeed. On a, on a, I mean, so on, for me personally, I'm just very frustrated because I barely played last summer. Mm. So I was really, really looking forward to getting stuck into it this year, playing pretty much every Saturday. So to have that, not totally taken away yet, but it's looking increasingly likely that we're going to have a significantly truncated season. That's not obviously not great. And we're, we're talking about it in terms of just general frustration. I think that's fair. But for some people, it's, it's more than that. Um, for some people who struggle with their mental health, it is something that is really, really central to their life, more so than most people. Earlier I spoke to Paddy Keogh, who's the first 11 skipper at Marchmont Cricket Club in Edinburgh. Um, Paddy openly admits that his mental health hasn't been brilliant over the last couple of years and he's someone who is probably more involved in the playing and organising of cricket than anyone I know. He is genuinely a central figure in three different cricket clubs. So this is the conversation where he speaks very honestly on the prospect of a cricket this summer we had earlier today. Um, so Paddy, how involved are you in club cricket? Um, well, I've been pretty involved over the last few years. Uh, I've captained sides since I was about... 18 and uh, at the moment uh, I captain the uni second 11 and uh, captain Marchmont Cricket Club first 11 which has been an absolute joy to do um, and it's been a shame so far because the uh, the uni cricket season's been completely cancelled uh, which isn't too much of a surprise but that's only like four weeks but we've trained all winter to do that and for five weeks of cricket which already is a bit of a bit of a shame that that's had the minimal amount of cricket we're allowed to play but that's already gone so I guess for you the cricket season doesn't just begin in April May it's something that is basically 12 months long you're constantly building up to the start of a cricket season so it's quite an active part of your life 12 months yeah yeah 12 months seven days a week um but I, I love I love doing it it's uh I wouldn't give it up for the world you you told me before that um in the past you've had Difficulties with your mental health. What role does cricket have in keeping yourself mentally healthy? 
Well, it's just a great opportunity to get outside, play some competitive sports. Um, and it's one of those, it's, it's, I find it much better than playing things like football because 90% of the game is just standing around and chatting to people. So it forces you to be sociable, it forces you to get outside in the sunshine sometimes and chat to people, have a nice time. Um, and I've, I've never really spoken about my mental health around uh, cricket before because I quite like, to keep, I like that sort of separation between uh, my mental health, which, which, which isn't great, and uh, cricket, which, which I love and enjoy. And I, I, that disconnect made it sort of easier to, to step away and enjoy the cricket and have personable conversations. You said that cricket helps you go get outside. Is, is that something you find quite difficult doing without cricket? And also, does, that, does this current pandemic therefore negatively affect you? Yeah, I, I, I do find it quite difficult to get outside and, um, and get exercising. So far, I'm, I'm lucky that I've been through quite a bit of, um, of therapy and I know that getting outside, um, I'm a, equipped with the knowledge that I know that getting outside will really help me uh, mentally and it just it helps me just sort of uh, feel a lot better throughout my day if I just get outside and do a little bit of exercise but had this come around maybe two or three years ago and I didn't know that I'd been in a much worse spot than I am now um, I, I know that just going outside will help me out and cricket was always well cricket has been there in the last few years to to make that a lot uh, easier for me and certainly without it at the moment, I really have to, I have to actively push myself to find things to do, whether it's just making sure I walk down and put the bins out and then while I'm already out, might as well go for a walk now. Are you quite um, concerned at all about your own mental health if we have a whole summer without cricket? Uh, if I'm honest, I am. Um, I think a whole summer without cricket, because uh, I think it's so entrenched in the fact that I've spent the whole year kind of building up to it and we were getting so excited and then uh, we're getting sort of into 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 march time which is when we really start building up into our season and then it all disappeared and uh i was slightly worried i just kind of just go off a cliff and into this oh well it's all rubbish now i was getting so excited there's just going to be no cricket at all um so currently i'm just going under the the hope that we'll get some cricket by July. But if that doesn't happen, then I'm, I'm sure that... I, 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 hope, I hope I'll be all right and I should be all right. But I think, I'll be, I think I'll be quite upset if there's, not cricket, if there's no cricket. But if once we get to sort of July time and they say there's going to be no cricket, I'll, if I haven't got outside by then, then I don't think cricket's the issue. How, um, how big a part is the camaraderie you get playing cricket? Oh, massive. Um, I was thinking about this this morning as well because I knew you were going to ask a question similar. Um, all throughout playing cricket, I've said to you before that I only really started watching cricket in sort of 2012, 2013 yeah, I onwards. Um, but I've played cricket since I was like, like seven. Um, but I've always played, I've played in, in reasonably high standard teams. I've played for county for a bit, not to pat myself on the back or anything but I was never really part of the team. I was kind of just playing, like I'd sort of bat seven or eight. I wouldn't bowl. Uh, I was just kind of there. I could play it. Didn't really like the blokes. 
they're all a bit aggressive. Uh, and I probably bounced around from club to club. And then when I finally came to Marchmont, um, which is a lovely club up in Scotland, I realised that the cricket clubs are supposed to be about nice people. And the cricket, the cricket is a very high standard of cricket and I enjoy it. But I didn't quite realise the fact that you're supposed to kind of have fun with people when you're playing cricket. It's not supposed to be shouting at each other when something goes wrong. Um, and certainly over the last three, four years, three years, uh, the, the camaraderie I've built up in cricket's helped me massively uh, all over the board, internally in terms of my cricket, but also mental health-wise. Um, it's, it's so nice to be able to go and have people that you know have got your back in pretty much any situation there are sort of 40 or 50 people that would drop everything they're doing to come help you out if you needed it. And how, how are you guys as a club uh, maintaining those relationships? Because, uh, yeah, I, I used to play for Marksman Cricket Club. I know it's an amazing group of people. And I'm sure you guys will be doing your best to stay in touch without the cricket. Yeah, um, our local uh, gin bar sponsor did a sort of gin tasting evening where everyone signed in on, uh, on Zoom. Um, we all we all went on Zoom and did a, a gin tasting, which was a lot of fun. We uh, I played for a 2020 side called the Eccentric Flamingos, which is an extraordinarily social. Everyone bats, everyone bowls. No one really plays any cricket. 2020 side, and uh, just last night we had a sort of 20 people a pub quiz, uh, which th- those kind of things. Uh, I didn't realize how much I needed to like just talk to these kind of people uh, if something like this happened and uh, people set them up and they've been, they've been so fun and interesting and instrumental in making sure we just stay sociable. Quite admirable for Paddy to be that honest, Phil. What did you think about what he had to say there? I thought it was quite a moving interview, actually. Um, the, the sense of identity and the sense of belonging is part of cricket's uh, essential function, I think, in, in people's lives. There is also, because of the vagaries of, of cricket, the amount of time it takes, the onus on mucking in, uh, on the volunteering element of it, it fosters that kind of t- t- togetherness that is precious and obviously central to, to what people need in their lives, just to function, just to feel like they are a part of something like they it's it's a generator it's an engine for people's lives um and it provides purpose as well and 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 paddy touched on a number of of fundamental points really about about the game we we are we are in we are under threat in the short term but the essential fabric of of cricket and english cricket or cricket in the uk will remain i think and if anything my my hope my my and it might be blind optimism but my hope is that if anything it will focus people's minds on what they really want from their lives and cricket because it's always been there just like everything has always been there for us in this comfortable liberal open democratic society that we that we live in well suddenly we realize that things are fragile and things do diminish and we do lose them if we're not careful 
And I think a few people who would have been maybe slightly slightly ambivalent about playing cricket, maybe played a couple of games last year, but maybe didn't quite get in, get into it, or maybe considered playing this year, but it bit in and out. Well, if anything, my 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 belief, my hope is that what's happening at the moment will re- regenerate that kind of passion that is that lies in so many people, fosters when they're young, and goes up and down through their adulthood. Well, I hope that this will, if anything, bring together those disparate threads of the cricketing community into something that is, as as Paddy puts it so beautifully, supposed to be about nice people. I mean, what a great line that is. Cricket clubs are supposed to be about nice people. Couldn't put it better. And that's what we're, that's what we're striving for, to maintain and foster and protect that very thing. Yeah, and Paddy alludes to it that Cricket for him isn't something that he, he doesn't use cricket or cricket clubs as a, a support network for himself. He uses it as a as a method of escapism, yeah. really. When yeah. you're when you're playing the game, you're you're only thinking about the game itself, and that is something that is quite hard to replicate at the moment. I don't know about about you, but I'm finding I can't. Even though I'm I'm, I'm feeling feeling good at the moment, I'm, I'm feeling fine. That is something that I, I I'm looking at the summer ahead is like that is quite a big void that's being being made into my normal life. Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. As soon as you as soon as I pull into the the car park of my local club, you know, at least 45 minutes after the agreed meet time, already the 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 mind and the body almost it just sort of throws away the shackles of the week. That's its attraction. That's its that's its addiction almost really. And for that day, for that afternoon into that evening, you can forget it all, or you can share it all if you like, but you are you are protected and you are kind of enlarged by your environment you know and that is something very very precious indeed um, i I got a text from a from a, a lad earlier in the week actually a, a jack the lad type character to be honest um you know he, he he's not a kind of introverted bloke he's he's not especially deep. And he wouldn't mind me saying that. And he texted me and he texted two things to me. And he said, I miss cover drives. That was his first line. And secondly, I can't see a summer not being at the club. And, and there, therein lies two truths right there. The aesthetic. We miss the aesthetic. We miss the, the ooh and the ah element of cricket. The sheer joke beauty of the game. But we also, of course, uh, miss that sense of being a part of something. But... This is a holding pattern. This is a holding pattern. It will change again. One organisation that has done a lot of excellent work with clubs up and down the country recently is opening up cricket. Um, it was set up after the death of a club cricketer called Alex Miller in 2012. And their aim is quite simple. It's to promote positive mental health in the sport that we love. Um, earlier I spoke to Mark Boynes from opening up cricket about the challenges a cricketless summer will undoubtedly bring on many individuals. If you had to sum up what opening up cricket is, what, what would you say? Yeah, it's a, it's a we promote yeah we promote mental well being and suicide prevention through cricket. But what I would I'd probably describe it as being um, that we do this through through sessions uh, through contact with clubs and coaches. Predominantly, it have been going out and visiting people, which I think has the most impact. But at the moment, it's uh, it's doing it via zoom and and skype and things like that so yeah it's any kind of way of trying to get people thinking and talking about 
mental health in cricket. And the big thing that I try to get people to focus on is mental health as a continuum. So it can be at one end, your optimal mental health, at the other end, your worst mental health. And 99.9% of people will be somewhere in the middle. It just depends where. And the positive bit is really trying to say, if we can engage with it proactively, then it gives us things that are able to to help if things do decline, but also have some ability to prevent issues as well as as um, as anything else. Because my experience and that of a lot of others is we only really think about it when there's a problem, and then it can be in some cases tragically too late, or in other cases someone goes through an awful time when could have been something which might have helped them earlier on in that, and they wouldn't have had to have gone through it. You talked about encouraging people to do more of stuff that's good for them potentially less of stuff that's not good for them if there's not if there's potentially not going to be a cricket season which is a good thing and something that people love and look forward to people will be doing significantly less of what is a good thing for them we've talked a lot on the show about the financial implications for clubs and not having a season but how concerned are you about the, the lack of a season on the mental health of individuals yeah, it, it is a concern and there's no way of avoiding it. I, I think that the, the primary benefit that, that cricket provides or any team sport provides for mental health is the ability to connect with each other, to work as a team. And with our beautiful sport, the fact that we spend so long playing it, we're in people's company for a long time. So that being taken away is is concerning and it's really now a case of people being as creative as possible to try and replicate it as much as they can through the means that for example we're we're talking through there probably is a shelf life for that because we're not quite in the season yet i know the pros are saying oh well we would just about be starting the county championship club players might have been playing pre-season friendlies this weekend but it's not going to hit us in the same way as it will perhaps if we're still in this situation in the middle of may when we would be thinking of, of playing our club cricket. So the connection being taken away, I think, is really, um, is really can be potentially problematic, as well as the physical exercise that we, we get from it as well. And all of the things connected to the, the goal setting, the targets, the sense of achievement, and, and all these things being wrapped in. So there is worry. I mean, I, I think from a personal perspective, what, what it will be like for me not having that, that support, that support network, as it were. But I think we have to see this as a period of opportunity, even if it feels really difficult and there will be challenges. Is saying, how can we get something from it? Even if it's not going to be as good, there's nothing as good as going out and playing cricket on a sunny day. But what, is, what opportunities are available? And I think like you said at the beginning, things that people have been putting off that they might not usually do that are good for them. They can try and maximise that. Um, Also, we've got, I think, really importantly, this period has given us the permission to talk about things that we might not usually. It's not unnatural to have a conversation with someone to ask them how they are, how they're dealing with it. We appreciate that everyone is going to have this as a challenge. So that can break through some of those barriers that can exist about people talking about how they're feeling and getting support. So that's for me, I'm trying to cling on to the, the positives and I think this could really open up a, um, a, more, a more supportive environment for people going forward. But it is, it is really tricky at the moment to, 
to, to kind of get there while we're, we are naturally having worries about what the summer will bring and if it brings any cricket. Earlier in the show, I was speaking to a guy called Paddy, who's 23. He, he's had mental health problems in the past, still struggles with it a little bit, but is very self-aware of the struggles that he's having with it. He acknowledges cricket's role in him feeling, feeling better. Something that I am a little bit concerned about is potentially people who are unaware of cricket's positivity and its effect on them, like just a simple camaraderie of a team that sees each other and socialises every week throughout the summer. And for a lot of people, their social lives kind of are built around a cricket team and it's kind of put on hold through the winter months, but then in the summer months, it really comes to the fore for them. How, what, what, what advice would you have for uh, clubs to kind of be on the lookout for, for people who, who perhaps don't appreciate how important playing cricket is for them? Yeah, I think that's a really, really important point. Uh, like you say, a lot of people that I speak to will say cricket is the thing that has helped them, but, but that's through knowing there has been difficulties. The, the majority of people will, will play cricket and, and enjoy it, but won't realise perhaps how profound the impact it is. So in terms of clubs or groups of, or groups of players, the simple things are going to be what makes the, the difference in my view. I think thinking very clearly about how we're going to keep communicating. There's been some element of it being novel to have, say, pub quizzes on, on Zoom or challenges that have been set via, via social media. It's a case of them thinking, how is that to be kept going to keep people engaged? Um, and it can be a big task. If you've got big, a big club where you've got sort of 60, 70 players, how do you, you keep an eye on each and, each and every one of them? But I think it's, the, it's keeping the lines of communication open being patient with people um as as well and i think perhaps just trying to direct them as as much as possible towards things which which are going to be a a substitute a poor substitute perhaps but a a substitute nonetheless that can help them get some of those things that they really get from cricket and when people start to feel like they're they're really missing it if, if if you or i were just sat at home thinking oh i really miss cricket but no one else does, everyone else is dealing with it fine, and we'd feel quite alienated. The club environment naturally will have points of contact where someone can sort of pop up saying, oh, does anyone else you know, feel really bad that we're not playing this particular fixture? And then giving people the chance to interact and do that. So I wish there was a sort of silver bullet for it, but it's got, it's got to be that people prioritise communication even more than they would in the regular times, because that's the thread that's going to keep people together. A lot of um, a lot of people, a lot of men in particular, find it quite uncomfortable and not particularly natural, openly admitting they're not feeling particularly great. What would you say to, to, to maybe some people listening who hear that and say, like, oh, what what, what are the what do I actually benefit from telling somebody I feel yeah. a bit low about us not being able to play the start of the season or something like that? Well, I would say that you, the benefit is found really in, in three ways. One, quite simply for yourself, you have the opportunity to get someone else's view on it, to get a different perspective, which when we're just thinking about things ourselves, we have just our view. So sharing it is an opportunity to get other people's perspectives and views. People can have the chance then to empathise with you. You feel much better if you don't feel that you're going through something alone 
I think also in this in the team environment, the big thing then is someone out, someone opening up, just saying how they're feeling a little bit, would then make the people who are hearing that feel feel better for thinking actually, yeah, uh, this is something that I have in common with them. And as that wider group has that does have that ripple effect where people start to think it's okay for me if I need to later on to to ask for help. And in some of the webinars we've been doing recently, we've reflecting on some of the experience of, of, you know, the, of world-class players and how they, their levels of communication are, are so advanced, but it's still so simple that they will think nothing of asking for help, whether it be with something cricketing or otherwise, because they recognise the thing which is staring us in the face that someone else or, other, or, or some other people are going to give you a variety of, of a, a bits of advice and help, which is, is bound to have more effect than just sort of asking yourself. But it is, it is difficult. There's no point me saying, oh, well, it's straightforward just to tell people how you're feeling. There is, in, in any environment to an extent, um, the default that we don't do that. So it's just about those nudges. And, and like I say, I think this period is giving us permission to talk about how we're feeling, I don't think anyone would be um, would be would be scoffing at someone saying they're struggling because we realise it's self-evident that it's difficult. So at this time in particular, someone to take the first step, someone to lead within a group, and then give the, everyone else the opportunity to help themselves deal with things a little bit better. Thanks a lot, Mark. That was really really interesting, really helpful. Um, what's like what's the best way for people to get in contact with you if they want their club to? I suppose social media is good. So if, if it's Twitter at opening up CC or they could email me at mark at openupcricket.com or the websites openupcricket.com. So any of those would be, would be fine. And the main thing at the moment is the, the, the webinars that are going on. So that will usually be the main thing that's popping up on the Twitter feed at the moment, which anyone can access or a club if they want could say could we book a particular time where we have it just for our lads or, or, or girls and then they can have a bit more of an involved conversation that way awesome thanks a lot mark okay cheers thank you cheerio mark's line that this this thing this pandemic it gives us the permission to talk about things that we might not usually in a in any scenario but in a sporting environment in particular and i think that's a very very astute and pertinent point really um, the new normal seems to be that we have to preface all conversations with genuine concern for the people that we're talking to about how things are in their lives. There is a new seriousness to to discussions, which is unavoidable and it's absolutely necessary. Um, if you translate that into a kind of a frivolous sporting environment, like a cricket club dressing room, where you are now compelled to address more substantial things, ask important and weighty questions of one another and one another's families and friends and neighbours and so on, then I think that's a positive thing. I think that's a, I think that's a, a positive potential unintended consequence of, of, this, of this situation. Um, there's certainly been a, a shift in discourse am- amongst my cricket club and my WhatsApp cricket club there's a new seriousness to the to the conversation, and I think that that's a positive thing. I have to say, um, in more practical terms, my club are doing what many other clubs are doing. You know, they are 
trying to maintain those communication channels as best as they possibly can. They're trying to set up, as um, as uh, Paddy mentioned, you know, a lot of kind of virtual communications, a lot of quizzes and games and and discussions over various kind of online platforms these days. It's absolutely the right way to go. Uh, but there are some very concerning elements um, that they face. I mean, my club in particular is... is that the ground itself is a meadow because it's been untouched by the council because the council are obviously focused on other things. Council workers are elsewhere that they are they're doing their best to try and uh, safeguard the community, uh, and so sports sports uh, centres and sports grounds are being left. Um, and my club is having to try and figure out a way uh, to keep the club vaguely usable for cricket. The the outfield is is you know two feet long at the moment. The square has been cut by the council, but the rest of it's been been abandoned. So they're trying to institute now a, a kind of volunteers scheme as well, and it's all it's all about trying to foster and maintain that kind of togetherness and that community because without it, club cricket will be in a bad state. It would be in a bad state in good times without that kind of community, but it would be in an especially bad state at this particular juncture. How um, um, go on? How, how active are like your your, your team, WhatsApp groups, etc.? Are they more active now as people kind of realise that this is the time of the season that you would ordinarily be talking to these people? Very much so. It's been it's it's the message that's replicated throughout the game. I think um, from the top downwards, and and I spoke to a series of CEOs and chairmen from county clubs for an article I did a few weeks ago, and and they all one of them in particular said to me what what we do has to be what's happening in, in the country at large has to be replicated in cricket clubs from professional cricket clubs down to amateur clubs there has to be a mucking in policy a, a philosophy of togetherness of sharing the load um nobody nobody can, should feel detached from this if anything you should you should be gravitating towards the club that you that you you're a part of and has been a part of your life and do what you can you know your your club needs you let's be honest your club needs you now and and the numbers of p- people in my club who have been a part of it but not particularly bothered about volunteering well a lot of them have been are putting their hands up now in a way that they wouldn't have done in the past um and hopefully that's that's reflected across the board really because that's what club cricket needs and it will get through this it really really will get through this well, that's a nice uplifting note to, to end the show on. Um, thanks, Phil. Thanks for listening, folks. If you've enjoyed this show, yeah. tell your friends, tell your teammates, and if you're feeling extra kind, please leave us a five-star review podcast app. Cheers. Podcast Network.